talking about Welcome to Hero Ball, the podcast exploring the multiverse of sports and entertainment. My name is Darren Caldwell, your erstwhile, longtime departed host. With me, as always, every six or seven months is Mr. Carter Smith. Yeah, boy. Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, for those long-time listeners, long-suffering listeners who have waited a long time, as you might know, we have a normal guest host, uh, Mr. Tom Jones. He has, as of tonight, moved on to bigger and better things. He might catch us on the flippity-flip. He might be back long-term. He might be gone forever. Nobody knows. Hit him up on Twitter. Ask him the hard questions. Where are you, Tom? Why are you bailing on us? <laughs> He might be uh, waiting for the wrestling episode. We keep promising. We do. That's even in our show notes, or like in our in our like idea bank. I love that it's like next, next, next week (laughs) (laughs) is the wrestling app. (laughs) We've promised multiple people a guest host spot on the wrestling one. That's true. I've promised to sit there and listen, and uh, I've got like two things to share, and then I'm done on that one. So. so we are we are at episode fifty three, if my count is correct, which means we have made it through a full year's worth of podcasts, and by a full year I mean a full four years of podcasts with a lot of breaks. <laughs> that is true, yes. And for uh, for you know another longtime listener, Norm, this is potentially another limited series, or maybe not. We'll find out. <laughs> Well, let's see. We're recording this on a Friday night. It is almost fall. How's your summer been, Carter? Summer's been good. So, well, I'll put it this way. The summer has been good as in uh just been working, working from home still. We are in fact still in a p- pandemic here. Uh but working from home, uh doing a lot of swimming and whatnot at my parents' house because they have a pool, so I do what I can to get over and swim as often as possible. Uh, let's see. You know, I don't know. It's just been a summer, a nice summer. I've been drinking a lot of uh, Fireball with vanilla Coke, <laughs> which is a drink that uh, our our other host sometimes co-host tom jones came up with that we call the jazz in three something about that is a nice summer drink it's been pretty refreshing no i will oh go ahead explain what do you mean jazz in three i don't know what i mean by that i didn't didn't tom (laughs) come up with that (laughs) i think it was uh i think i don't remember if it was you or him i remember like it was being workshop pretty heavy on the uh <laughs> if it was me, I must have had a whole bunch of them by then because I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't remember how. Was, I think you and you and Tom were saying it was so good that the jazz would went in three, not four. That's how good it is. <clears throat> That's right. That is right. I do remember that. 
Yep, Jazz in three. It's uh, we don't even need four games to wrap up the series. There it is. Jazz in three. Man, if that's if that's not a uh, pitch to a Fireball ad exec, <laughs> uh, if we're not sponsored by Fireball on our next episode, I, we did something wrong. <laughs> Which is hilarious because every time we talk about this, Darren, the purist here, with his whiskey and scotch and the like, uh, <laughs> he just shames us. Absolutely. shakes his head at us and just yeah it's just uh but you know what us peasants tom and i once in a while we can just enjoy the deliciousness <laughs> it it is i i can imagine i haven't uh you know subjected my taste buds to it but i can imagine that it's the equivalent of going not even to starbucks but for you utah natives to a grounds for coffee and getting a white mocha with one shot. Uh, that's my go-to. So you boom, know. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, but man, this summer it's been it's been all right. It's been good. We uh, I will say though, it has been hot. It has oh, been man. a hot, 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 dry, dry, uh, just nasty like you take a breath and you yeah just uh it's just been kind of a gross summer and then recently we've had smoke from california and oregon that's just come and sat down on top of us it's like we're living in a chimney it's been pretty pretty rough on my uh so i'm i'm kind of ready for fall i'm ready for it to cool down i'm ready for some rain because it you know it's hardly rained at all this summer yeah. But when it has rained, it's flooded. Like it's been, yeah. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm ready for some fall weather, including the uh, frequent light rains that we get in the fall, yeah. and uh, I'm ready for hoodies. So, mm. amen to that. Yeah, the the swimming season was great, but I'm ready for, uh, ready for hoodies. Hoodies and campfires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a similar, uh, let's see. So the last time we recorded this, I think was in the winter. So I'm pretty sure I was living in my in-laws basement at the time, Mm -hmm. moved out in the process of building a house in Syracuse where, um, me and another guy planted a church. And so, uh, as of right now, I am sitting in a completed home, not in a basement, mm-hmm. not living with any family other than my wife and kids. Um, I do have to say I highly recommend living by yourself. <laughs> it's been really nice. Yeah. Um, but no, the house has been great. Uh, I can say this is a, maybe a preheat check. Ooh. Spending money on concrete sucks. Mm. <laughs> I've I've literally been pouring money into the ground around my home, and I am ready to not spend money on things like grass and concrete. But uh, but no, it does look fun. nice though. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, it's been we got some we got some good guys doing it because yeah. I I'm smart enough to know I should not try to do that stuff myself <laughs> uh, because I'd end up having to hire an expert to fix my mistakes. Yeah, landscaping's no joke. But the house is awesome. I've been there. I just had the last time I was there. You still had uh, you just poured uh, 
a little bit of an extension, I think, in your driveway. Yeah, just enough uh, so we can get a decent sized basketball court going. Yeah, but you you hadn't you didn't have grass yet, but I've seen the pictures with the grass and it looks awesome. It's nice. Yeah, that's, that's really good. nice. It makes it feel like a home. So that's yeah, nice. we've uh, and bonus we the development that we did has a community pool. So like nice. you, we've also spent quite a bit of time this summer around the pool. Nice. Nothing wrong so, with that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, breathing in the smoke, looking forward to fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, been a good summer. Good. That's awesome. But speaking of hot summers, you got any, any heat checks, anything that's got you hot and bothered? Now, for, for our new or longtime listeners who have forgotten, heat checks are like in basketball. When, the, uh, when a player is heating up, he just starts chucking, seeing if something will go in. Heat checks are when we're feeling all hot about something, and we just start ranting. Yep, and these can be positive or negative. We could be upset, and we got to just let it out, or we could be pretty excited about something. And tonight, I'm pretty excited about something. I had Arctic Circle for dinner. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Arctic Circle rules. I don't think people appreciate it enough. It's a Utah... is it Idaho too, or is it just Utah? Yeah, I think I've seen some in Idaho. So it's it's relatively local, but it is just a tried and true burger joint. The ranch burger combo, ooh, with a cherry lime that I got right here. Nice. And you know what? Delicious. I got one right around the corner from my house. I yeah, go it's there. dangerously close. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes, indeed. Especially when you're like teleworking and things like that. You're just like, hmm, <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, man, I think it's tried and true. I think that it, uh, it doesn't get the love it deserves, um, which, you know, I get it. It's a it's a local thing. It's not a big chain. You know, it doesn't have the McDonald's numbers, doesn't have the Burger King status, doesn't have the even the in and out uh, reputation, I'd say. But Man, they make a good burger. Yeah. And you know what? And they make good, uh, like their chicken is good. Uh, their uh, shakes and their ice cream is good. I mean. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's so what I got, the, man. Here's the true local test. How do you pronounce the name? Okay. Well, I call, <laughs> yeah, Arctic, right? Arctic. Arctic. Yeah. Arctic is how. It said, however, it is Arctic Circle. Right. <laughs> yeah. so, yep. Yes, it's, I'm going to go to Layton and uh, go to Arctic Circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have For you all the Utahns. Have you had the fried cheese cur- curds? I have. Those are pretty delicious. Very good. And you know what else is good on the, uh, on the uh, side menu? Is there... Deep fried cheese breadsticks. Ooh. I mean, yeah, it's not like a like a garlic stick like you'd think of. It's like a, literally like a mozzarella stick, right? It's like a mozzarella stick, but it's not that breaded. It's it, it's not like a, a traditionally breaded type of mozzarella stick. It's literally like white bread with cheese stuffed in it and then Ooh. dropped in a deep fryer. So they, they are like sticks, but it is it is like white bread. 
It's a cheese Twinkie. Or some sort of dough, maybe. It's like a cheese Twinkie. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. It's whatever it is. It's it's good. I have not had that. And you dip it in ranch. Whoo, mercy. That sounds both delightful and disturbingly terrifying at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's going to mess you up. But if you're eating it Arctic Circle, you're going to get messed up. That's just how it goes. That's how it goes. But all the best places, typically, that's the case. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I got, man. Arctic Circle, man. Nice. I just I was thinking about it, and I'm going, dang. I gonna I gotta give some love out here, and, and you know I may have I can't remember I may have given it a mention on our fast food app, probably. But probably. Uh, I can't exactly remember. But sometimes the great things are so great that they escape your mind until you think about it later on. You know what I mean? Do you ever have like that where you have like an album? Or a band that you listen to and you're just like, man, they're so, so good. But you don't actually ever really think of them until oh, yeah. they somehow just come up. Yeah. No, yeah. even like, it's a, it's a great point because I love like the band Thrice. Mm-hmm. But when I'm trying to find something to listen to, I don't usually think, man, I should listen to some Thrice. Right. And then I stumble across it. I'm like, why haven't I been listening to this for the last month? Right. Like the discography is excellent. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. So what about you? You got some uh, got some fire for us? All right. Well, let me let me paint you a picture. Imagine, if you will, a movie. I will. With a with an immortal Vin Diesel, a illustrious Michael Caine, about a man who is destined his entire life to hunt witches and slay them with a burning sword. That sounds like a winning combination. Especially, sounds like I want to watch it right now. Yeah, I mean, for a work-from-home from kind of movie that you don't have to pay that close of attention to, they're uh-huh. not, like, painting some masterpiece with their visuals. Uh-huh. It's just a good old, like, action movie. This is called The Last Witch Hunter. And it is horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't make it past the first 15 minutes. (laughs) It is so bad. I'm watching, I mean, Michael Caine, if he hasn't won an Academy Award, I know he's at least been nominated. He's an amazing actor. Yeah, you think of him, he's like a Daniel Day-Lewis or like one of these, like a guy who can do theater, who's like, like you said, illustrious, like of, of the stage. And you hear his voice and you automatically think, Oh, this is going to be good. Right. This is decent. Just because he's in it, it's decent. And uh, and so I saw that it had a low Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is not a, a good indicator. But, you know, when you get 18% on Rotten Tomatoes, it probably means it sucks. Mm. But it's Vin Diesel killing witches. How can that be bad? Hey. <laughs> I'm having a hard time believing it it is bad, but (laughs) Vin Diesel's no Michael Caine. No, but Vin Diesel can still, you know, deliver a line. I am Groot. I am Groot. Or when you're here, you're family. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. But, you know, but I, I could see him. I could understand maybe he's struggling with some dialogue. But when I watch Michael Caine and Vin Diesel have 
a dialogue between the two of them. And it's like you can watch them reading the cue cards. The dialogue is that bad. <laughs> like it's, it was so bad. It was so forced, so stilted, such bad writing that it must have happened. It must have taken place during the writer's strike when they were literally like writing lines on the spot and taking suggestions from like the dude holding the microphone, like on what to say. It was that bad. (laughs) So if you are a fan of The Last Witch Hunter, I'm sorry that you have horrible taste in music or movies. You probably have horrible taste in music then too. Uh, but if you have not watched The Last Witch Hunter, it's on Peacock. If you okay. are a sadist <laughs> or a masochist and you want to endure punishment, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's bad. And I I don't know what my heat check is particularly about. The bad movie, the fact that Michael Caine chose to be in this, the fact that they wasted an entire movie about a dude wielding a fire like sword killing witches i mean it was a good concept and they just destroyed it and funny and so i just feel bad for everybody involved and mostly for myself because i tried to watch it at least you had the uh the frame of mind to to stop and to just walk away because i I, yeah go ahead oh i found working from home has really liberated me from that that's if good. I'm not being entertained, I'm just turning it off. Yeah. It's not worth it. That's good. I, I need to, like, I'm getting there with it, but I have a, I genuinely have a hard time turning off a movie. Like, even if it's bad, like, I feel like I've, I've got to, like, power through this because it, it got greenlit. So, right. like, someone had to think it was worth putting here but well, uh, you know all somebody had to say to get this movie greenlit immortal vin diesel plus michael kane and a and a flaming sword killing witches i mean <laughs> that movie gets greenlit a hundred percent of the time right the execution mm-hmm. was somebody just had to say listen we're just going to put this out there and try to recoup our losses because what yeah. else would we do but speaking of movies like because i'm i'm with you i don't like to watch a movie and get part of the way through it and not finish it. I like mm-hmm. to get to that, you know, finish the movie, you know, let it try to justify itself, even if it's a bad movie. Exactly. Another movie that I realized I had not finished and I didn't care. Was this movie called rogue? Okay. Now you might remember I texted about it a long time ago on the thread. I was going to say, I think you told us about this one. So let me pitch this movie to you. Okay. Um, who's the, what's the name of the, the girl from the first Transformers movie? Megan Fox. Megan okay. Fox, yeah. Megan Fox, highly trained mercenary, goes to rescue a girl held captive in Africa and ends up fighting off a rogue lion. Whoa. Right? Okay. <laughs> Sounds at least... At least interesting enough of a premise to give it a go. Yeah. (laughs) So you start watching the movie, and the first thing you think is, Megan Fox does not play a highly trained ex-military mercenary very well. Um, But 
It's a movie. I can suspend some disbelief here for a minute. Right, yeah. The movie was so bad that I made it through like 75, 80% of the movie and didn't watch the final like resolution of whether or not, because they're also being pursued by these slave traders whom she rescued the girl from. Well, of course. Right. So there's all this stuff involved. Whole team ends up getting killed. Tons of stuff. Right. I made it all the way to the end where it's the face off between Megan Fox, the main bad guy, the main bad lion, and the girl she came to rescue. Mm-hmm. I have not watched that scene or anything after, and I do not regret it one bit. <laughs> there is nothing compelling about that movie, but yet it, it is in my head. And I, <laughs> That's all they wanted. Right. <laughs> that was a, uh, I think that was a made for Hulu movie. Okay. Um, that was one of their big, like, Hey, look at us. We've got big stars too. Yeah. Uh, and it was not good. Not good. Oh, geez. Just imagine well, a girl from Transformers yelling at people while holding a gun and trying to sound convincing. Well, I was going to say, I've been, I'm trying to picture that. And it's like, I, I don't know how, who, who, who thought of like, did she audition or was this like, Hey, we wrote this script with you in mind, you know, like what, <laughs> what was the situation there? I think that was kind of one of those, Hey, let's, you know, like it was when they redid, um, they remade Charlie's angels. And so it was like in that time frame, they're like, let's get a bunch of like kick butt girls together. That's going to go and do some stuff. And then somebody said, hey, I remember Megan Fox. People used to think she was super attractive. Mm-hmm. I bet she could do this. Yeah. And they jammed those two ideas together and said, oh, and you know what else? Lions. Lions. That's right. <laughs> and honestly, lions is the best part of that pitch. <laughs> and it was the best part of the movie. But it still sucked. Because the CGI... It was one of those movies where you knew how CGI'd it was. Oh, that's I, I, you know how I feel about CGI. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> watching it going, that's like a bad puppet. <laughs> yeah, but even the practical bad puppets look better than bad yeah. CGI. I would have preferred like a bad puppet, but it was like a bad computerized puppet. Yeah, because like speaking of bad puppet lions of all things. I watched the original Jumanji which, with my kids the other day. Mm. They'd never seen it. Classic, right? Oh, that cool. lion looks so terrible. Well, like, it's it, and it's a, at times it's like early 90s CGI, but other times it's clearly like a big, you know, animatronic puppet or something like that. Yeah. And the animatronic puppet, as terrible as it is, and you can, it's so easy to tell how fake it is, it's still better than bad cgi in my opinion like oh agreed you know i so that's funny bad cgi just tells you we paid somebody to make this and we didn't pay them enough yeah oh yeah exactly like a bad animatronic is like listen we at least cared about having something real to interact with right and even if we didn't pay them enough to make it good at least it's interesting and you can poke fun at it, and we're all having a good time. Bad CGI is just bad CGI. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, speaking of bad movies, but movies that are so bad that they are amazing. 
Are you, by chance, talking about a certain 13% on Rotten Tomatoes film from 2002? I believe that grossed $17 million on a $10 million budget somehow? (laughs) I believe I am talking about that same movie. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And if you don't... Go ahead. ahead. (laughs) No, you got it. Take it. (laughs) And and if you don't know what we're talking about, we are talking about the Steve Odenkirk triumph known as Kung Pao Enter the Fist. (laughs) Yes, indeed. So this movie is stars the guy who I believe wrote Dumb and Dumber along with a number of other comedies, who has placed himself, along with a few other characters, uh, in two different uh, old, old, old school kung fu movies that like nobody's ever seen, to create a singular triumph of art, mm-hmm. where he, known only as the Chosen One, must defeat the alien force of floating triangles and pyramids, <laughs> all while wooing the love of his life, saving his master, and defeating the local rival, also known as Betty. <laughs> That's right. Have I captured the essence? I think you did. I think that... Uh... <laughs> so... <laughs> I just want to read this real fast. This this film, as I had mentioned, scored 30, 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it has a currently holds a 2 out of 10 uh, consensus from uh, Metacritic. Oh, I'm sorry. Metacritic is 14 out of 100. And, uh, That's not Rotten Tomatoes. There it is. <laughs> That's right. And uh, it is indicating an overwhelming dislike for the film. (laughs) It was uh, tied with The Master of Disguise for the 2002 Stinker's Bad Movie Awards (laughs) for a win. uh, And it tied uh, The Master of Disguise for a win for the most painfully unfunny comedy of the year. So, despite the negative critical reception at its release, it has since gained a cult status. Amen. And I, I feel like you and I, and maybe my dad, single-handedly started that cult <laughs> for, the, for this film. <laughs> because I think that between my dad and me and my brother and maybe Barney, our friend Barney, who was a one time uh, guest host for, on, on yep. an episode. Uh, you were the, the one of the first people that I ever knew that knew of the movie <laughs> could offhand quote the movie. <laughs> not just not just like a quote, but like quote the film throughout <laughs> apply it to regular situations. (laughs) And I think that was when I knew we would be friends. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, this Darren guy's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So the first time I saw this movie, I was, uh, I think I was just entering college. Um, and so I went with the college group at my church. We, uh, we had like, I don't know, eight of us and somebody had an open bed pickup and we went to the drive-in movies uh, and we went to go see Ice Age, the first Ice Age. They've now made like seven of them, but it was the very first one. Uh-huh. Thought, oh, let's, let's all just go, you know, I mean, we're, we're a Christian college group. We go see animated movies, not, you know, not dirty crap. Right. <laughs> so we went to go see Ice Age and the double header, because movie theater, you know, drive-ins are the only places that have double headers anymore. Yep. Double header was this movie. Nobody had ever heard of it, known anything about it, but it was Kung Pao Enter the Fist. And we all decided just to stay and watch this movie. And that experience of hanging out in the back of a pickup truck with like seven other, uh, you know, Gen X slash millennial college students watching Kung Pao cemented it for me as one of the greatest movies of all time because we laughed our heads off. Even though we weren't, you know, there's no alcohol, there's no drugs being consumed. It was just super late, like on a weekday, not even like a weekend. It was just like, we just went and piled in a, in a truck to watch this and had the time of our lives. And uh, and so, of course, I then bought the DVD. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I loaned that DVD out to a friend at work uh, like 15 years ago. And then he got a different job. And I never saw that movie again, along with my uh, physical copy of of my beloved Us album, um, both of which were very precious to me. So, um, screw you, Coulter. Um, yeah, thanks for nothing. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a formative time, formative movie. Uh, it is delightfully absurd. Mm-hmm. If you decide after listening to this pod to rent said movie you need to go into it understanding it has no storyline and it is just it is as absurd as napoleon dynamite it is the napoleon dynamite of english dubbed kung fu inserting the writer movies (laughs) and it really is uh beyond absurd in the sense of doesn't he have like a isn't his tongue alive he sticks out his tongue and his tongue has a face and like talks and does things and that's how he proves that he's the chosen one okay that's that right he he has, has, oh that's right that's the he sign has the tongue. yep that's right okay you know that like it, it's i i will say it has been probably over 10 years since i've seen it since i've watched it yeah i think i think i've maybe watched a few clips in that time frame, but yeah, I haven't watched the whole movie in forever. But I watched it enough. <laughs> yeah, like I can still like quote it, you know, and sing the Taco Bell song, and you know, every time I pass a Radio Shack, <laughs> I have to, I have to pull the. Uh, Let me know if you see a Radio Shack. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Radio Shacks are even around anymore, but... <laughs> right. Yeah. No, so the, the memory dwindles. Yeah, Tiger. Tiger. I still, to this day, and I, and my wife and my kids say it this way now, whenever I 
get a towel, it's not towel, it's towel. <laughs> <laughs> and so literally, my wife and my kids, as young as my two-year-old, you know, it's like uh, bath time or whatever. And she goes, towel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the reason why we're talking about this movie today is because it was that kind of situation. Uh, earlier today, uh, I think I called or said something to Kayla or she said something to me and I said, I'm coming. <laughs> and there's this scene in the movie where the uh, the main girl, the the protagonist love interest, is you know calls out to him in the middle of a battle and says chosen. And he says I'm coming, and it goes to repeat that with him being at varying distances, both closer and further away, saying I'm coming multiple times. So every time yeah. I say or she says or anybody says I'm coming, I want to say chosen, but Ooh, nobody gets it. Nobody Listen, gets. I'm coming. <laughs> well, and one that you and I still use frequently with each other, and we know no one around knows what we're oh, doing, yeah. but we always do the power. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the from now on, call me Betty. Betty. <laughs> Isn't Betty a woman's name? <laughs> he gets all mad and throws off his shirt. <laughs> well, and I'll be like outside working, you know, or like if I'm doing yard work or whatever, and, you know, I end up with something and I'll like, I'll just start doing the swing and a chain, swing and a chain, swing, you know, or whatever, whatever I happen to be holding, but I do it in the, in the vocal stylings of the... <laughs> I think it's Betty that's up there at the top of the waterfall. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have taken a drink right then. <laughs> There's just so many weird, obscure, you know. Sometimes I'll be getting in the shower and I'll go, my nipples look like milk duds. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's even around. I'm just laughing amongst myself. <laughs> or the, uh, how about my face to your fist style? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We trained him wrong purposely as a joke. <laughs> it's just, it really is so, so bizarre and so weird and so stupid, but so funny. Oh, it deserves a 13% on oh, Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Easy, easy. It's a horrible movie, but it defines, like, even like hearing you talk about it, hearing, like, just joking around about it. It's like, you know, there's those movies that define your sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This movie defines a certain portion of my juvenile sense of humor. Absolutely. I mean, to the fact that you and I are both, we both quote it just in oh, yeah. our regular lives. Like, and we know no one gets it, but it's just, it's like you said, it's ingrained in us. It's now a part of, it shaped a lot of my, not necessarily a lot, but like you said, a portion of my sense of humor uh, you know, coupled with probably Seinfeld and The Simpsons are probably <laughs> the three. That's like, those are three things I can definitely just look at and say, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I I grab pieces of these show, shows or movies, like, all the time. Yeah. Just, and quote them, or just situations will remind me of them. I mean, 
even the popcorn. I'm making popcorn. I think of the the intermission scene where they're doing all that, you oh, know. <laughs> and it's like it's just bizarre. So, so you know, we I think we have a we have a mutual friend. I think um, you you know Nikolai Wedekin, right? I don't. I don't. Big, know big I Nick. Um, maybe maybe you don't know him, uh, but he was uh, he's a little bit older than me. Maybe a lot older than me. Um, you know, as I get older, it feels like a little bit, but at the time, so, it felt so a it's a mutual friend that I don't actually know. Yeah, exactly. He's a guy about your age who actually is probably an old man. <laughs> exactly. If Tom, if Tom was actually on, he he knows Nick really well. Um, but uh, Nick and I would joke about this movie, uh-huh. and he also. I think rented this movie from a blockbuster. That's how you know old this is. Mm-hmm. And the movie got stuck in their DVD player, and it became the only movie that he and like his houseful of bachelors could watch on the DVD player. This is this is before streaming, kids. So if you're if something got stuck in the DVD player, you didn't have money to go get a new DVD player. Yeah. You watched what was in there. And if you tried to pry that thing open, it was done. It's done. You didn't yeah. have a DVD player anymore. So he would walk around often quoting, that's a lot of nuts. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> and so now, like, when I, like, we went to the fair uh, the other day, and there's a vendor selling roasted nuts. And the first thing that pops to my head is, that's a lot of nuts. <laughs> He's leaving with nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's a good one. I think the first time I saw it was we rented it as well. I, my dad must have grabbed it and thought, oh, this, you know, I don't, I don't know how we ended up with it because I don't think I saw it in the theater. There's a chance I did, but I don't remember that. I do remember renting it though. Yeah. From Hollywood Video <laughs> down yes. the street. Yes. And just. So funny. And my dad has the same type of humor that I have. He loves just the stupid, surreal (laughs) stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a big reason I'm a big Tim and Eric fan. I don't know if you've ever watched much of Tim and Eric, but -hmm. they're just totally surreal. And it has that very kind of the Kung Pao vibe that Odenkirk or Bob Odenkirk discovered Tim and Eric. However, this is. This wasn't Bob Odekirk. This was no, Steve. Uh, Steve Odekirk or something. Odekirk. Yeah. Odekirk. Yeah. Odekirk. And then Bob. So not o- the o- Better Call Saul yeah. guy. Yeah. So so the Better Call. This is kind of funny. I'm making this connection right now. The Better Call Saul guy is Bob Odenkirk, and he discovered Tim and Eric, which is this surreal comedy duo, and they had a show on Comedy Central or not Comedy Central. It was a uh, Adult Swim on Cartoon Network. Right, but uh, and they've just done bizarre stuff that's very reminiscent of the Steve Odekirk who did Kung <laughs> Pao, and so it, it's actually kind of funny. Well, I'm like kind of connecting these comedy dots now of maybe why my humor is so weird, and I <laughs> I love the surreal stuff, but but yeah, I remember renting it, and just my brother and I just thought it was so funny and so weird, and unlike anything I'd seen before. Yeah. And then my dad, of course, was dying and laughing with us. And so, yeah, I I definitely like the movie. The movie, again, like you said, it's not a good movie. And as dumb as the movie is, it does bring back 
really fond memories of, uh, or you know, fond feelings and of just oh, yeah. funny absurdity. And then when you find someone that knows the movie and likes and appreciates the movie, oh, there's yeah. just this this bond. <laughs> there's just this. Oh, <laughs> you too. Okay, I kind of I can understand you to a, yeah. to a degree now. You know. <laughs> And I might be concerned about you, yeah. but in the same way, you should be concerned about me. That's so. right. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, so uh, if you, again, are listening to the pod and thinking, huh, I haven't seen that movie, um, just remember, we did not say this is a good movie. Instead, it's the best movie. To watch with somebody who's already watched it, because then it might be funny for you. Yep, very true. So there you have it. Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, greatest movie ever, defines our comedy. And if you're listening to this pod, either you have already watched that movie or you would love that movie because that's who we are. At least that's who we are without Tom. I'm still waiting for the promised sequel as well, but I, at I mean, this it, point, set, <laughs> it set itself up. It was, we're all waiting. We're all it waiting. did. I mean, you, you even, it, it was, it, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, you know, for right. those who are running to go see this, <laughs> but you know what the, uh, the Wikipedia page, which is Wikipedia, but the Wikipedia page does say, a sequel to be written and directed by Odekert was announced in 2015. Oh. Which, at, you know, at this point, that was a ways, a ways away, but I guess you never know. Where can I get behind that Kickstarter? Yeah, no kidding. I'll do it. <laughs> I just love that it made $17 million on a $10 million budget. It, it not only broke even, it, it doubled its money and has become a cult classic. That just warms my heart. That there like are it. other there are other people out there like us who enjoyed that kind of absurdity. Yep. Taiga, well, taiga, taiga. <laughs> speaking of absurdity. Yes. Ben Simmons. Oh. The absurdity continues with this guy. So we decided to, you know, relaunch the Hero Ball pod during the summer. Which only makes sense because we started it during the summer and there is nothing to talk about in terms of basketball during the summer. But there is stuff to talk about this summer because Ben Simmons has once again posted workout videos where he has hit not one, but two Mm three-pointers. Maybe consecutively, maybe not. And he's dunked on people who weren't moving. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he's amazing, mm-hmm. and he wants out from the seventy-six. I was going to say he wants out, and because and these these workout videos clearly are bumping his stock. Because have you seen what Daryl Morey is asking for for this he guy? Four first rounders and an all star. Oh my goodness! I mean, they wanted give him one first rounder for Ben Simmons at this point. Yeah, I. I, I the one that I, I think stands out, if I remember, was they talked to the Warriors and Philadelphia was asking for, uh, who's their young guy? James Wiseman? Yeah. They were asking for Wiseman. They were asking for 
Didn't, didn't the Warriors have the number two pick? Uh, number seven. It's number pick. seven pick. Yeah. And 14. So they wanted yeah. both of those. Wiseman and uh, and then like, I mean, multiple first round draft compensation. Yeah. It, I, I can't even remember the package, but it was so unbelievably absurd. It was like, dude, Ben Simmons at this point has has shown he's unwilling to grow in the right. areas that he needs to grow. He's a fine player to have on your team. But he yeah. is not what he thinks he is. He is not what the 76ers think he is. It, yeah, it, I, I just don't understand. I can't understand it. I don't know why they're putting such a... Why they're trying to make him like he's Magic Johnson or something like that. Well, I mean, because that's what everybody thought he was after his like second or third year. I mean, both rookie years. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody thought he was going to be... You know, he could put give you 17 points from a series of dunks and layups and fast break points. But he would also give you 10 assists, you know, nine rebounds, two steals, a block, you know, defend all five positions. And that sounds amazing on paper. But when you put him on the floor and he won't take a three, even if he misses it, it doesn't matter. Just take it. He won't even take a 16-foot jump shot. Or an open dunk in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't take anything. Um, well, he was scared of going to the line because he couldn't hit a free throw. Exactly. And so now he's become overrated because he was he was so highly rated. He's now way overrated. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers have to get something back. So they, they're trying to ramp up the trade market. Uh, but nothing's working because Simmons not only is a really good role player, not – you know, maybe an all-star depending on the criteria. Because, again, he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's good at other parts of the game. But like you said, he's a tall Rajon Rondo. That's not a bad player. But it is a bad player when he thinks he's a tall LeBron James. Right. You know, and, and the thing is, is when you are completely unwilling to shoot, that yeah. becomes a problem in, in play, playoff time. And that has been a huge problem for the 76ers with him running the show yeah. come playoff time. And I would also add that the guy's attitude stinks. The guy is just a grumpy, just arrogant, ego-driven fool. Yeah. Like, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think that's helping him. <laughs> no. No, because I like it. I don't remember if it was uh, you or Tom or somebody on Twitter uh, saying the workout video we all want to see is an uncut clip of him shooting 100 free throws in a row. Like, show me that one. Right. Show me just 10 free throws that he makes 10 of them in a row. Mm-hmm. Like where he's actually willing to work on a part of his game that requires shooting. Mm-hmm. And it's not sexy. It's not flashy. It's not going to get you the headlines. But just improve that. Mm-hmm. You do that, that will show like a humility in his work ethic. Instead, we get a couple of three-pointers and him dribbling around like guys who don't move um, or who go over the screen. Like, oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't get open dunks like that because people play 12 feet off of him. Right. 
So, yeah. So we've got Ben Simmons drama. He's now saying he's not going to report to training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's going to be fantastic watching nobody bid for this guy and him end up like being sent to, <clears throat> you know, the magic for, uh, you know, some broken down player in a draft <laughs> and a second rounder. Maybe that maybe they can try to try to get a Fultz back from Orlando. Yeah, back down from Markel Fultz. <laughs> but you know, I I was reading that uh, Minnesota is trying to get him. Minnesota somehow thinks that they're going to get uh, a Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, uh, who's the other guy, D'Angelo Rus- Russell, and Ben Simmons. Core. Yeah. So, so they're going to somehow get Simmons without giving up their top three guys. That's what I was just thinking was I'm going, well, if you saw what Philly wants, like who who are you going to give up to get him if you're Minnesota? Because Minnesota doesn't have any uh, – who else is on that team? Ricky Rubio's not there anymore. He's just yeah. – you just ship him off to uh, – I don't even know where he's at now. And, and Ben Simmons – is a similarly talented player as Ricky Rubio, but Ricky Rubio is a decent human being and an amazing teammate. Right. (laughs) Ben Simmons is the opposite of those, at least from public perception. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Playoff Rubio was something to behold, so I'll just leave that there. Put some respect on that name. That's That's Playoff Rubio. That's right. Yeah, you know, I... Where did uh, that's bugging me now? Where did Rubio go? Did he did he get sent to Oklahoma City or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Or no, no, no. Is he in Cleveland? Is he in Cleveland now? I guess I gotta look yeah, that up gonna, real fast. It's gonna bother us. There's gonna be some great radio time right here. Yeah, Ricky Rubio, not Marco Rubio. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, so- Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, there we go. Nice. I thought for some reason he somehow in, ended up in Oklahoma City. He might have. He might have gone to Oklahoma City and then wound up in Cleveland on one of the trades in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Ben Simmons, though, man. I just, you know, we see this every single year. They're, the, the agent or whoever his camp is, you know, trying to convince us that he suddenly, out of nowhere, developed this incredible. He's going to be this incredible three-point shooting, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's playing against random guys in a gym. That it's clearly like, and they look so orchestrated. Like, hey, oh, yeah. we're we're doing some videos, we're doing some promo here for Ben, so everyone make him look good. And it happens yeah. year after year, every summer, and he comes in, same old poor attitude. Same style of play, you know, and it's just yeah. like, I don't know. I'm over the guy. I've been over him for since his second rookie year. <laughs> well, speaking of guys putting out workout videos, uh, there's another guy who typically every summer puts out a workout video, but it's usually a workout video that correlates to a part of his game he's actually trying to improve on and then proves that he has indeed improved on it during the regular season. 
Mm-hmm. That would be our very own Donovan Mitchell. Yes. So I don't know if you saw it, but I, there's a, uh, a clip that didn't show him shooting two threes in a row. Mm-hmm. But 20. And not threes. They were Dame threes. Yeah, these were logo. Logo rate. Logo threes. Mm-hmm. And he's splashing them. Ten in a row. Bottom of the net. He's bringing on the Dame, the Trey, the Steph into his game. How do you feel about that? Man, if it's uh, if he's pulling it out in in uh, appropriate real game situations, man, that's just a, it's just another thing. And he's the kind of guy that I think when he wants to add something to his game, he will. Yeah. And he'll be able to pull it out when he needs to. And I, I think that the, the dudes just get getting more and more dangerous. Yeah. I could see him. I, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but I think he's the type of player that could win a scoring title. He's yeah, got yeah. the tools, I should say. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got the tools to be in the MVP conversation. In fact, the, the, the fact that the Jazz last year were the number one seed all year long Oh yeah, and neither uh, Rudy or or uh, Donovan were seriously considered in the MVP conversation. I think was suspect. However, Especially when you saw in the playoffs that they really didn't have anybody outside yeah. of you know that could do any offensively outside of Donovan and Mike Conley. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it wasn't like they were a well-oiled machine with five co-equal parts putting this thing together for the regular season. Mm-hmm. They were they were two guys, Rudy and Donovan, plus Mike, that yep. were getting it done. And they they got no respect during for the regular season awards. Right. You know, like I, I think that you know there was a couple times throughout the year when the, the MVP power rankings would come out, you know, and Rudy and Mitchell would slip in the top ten, you know. Yeah number 10, number nine, and then they'd fall out. And then they, you know, where it was just kind of like, they should be in the top five conversation floating around there, at least, at least with that season they had. But I do think Donovan Mitchell's the kind of guy that will work on things. He'll get better. We've seen him get better every single year. We've seen him statistically get better. We've seen the game just slow down for him. We've seen him add each year. He adds something to his game. And I think he'll get to that point where it'll be undeniable, even though he plays in Utah. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be undeniable that the guy is a, should be in the top, you know, the top 10 for sure. But he's got the tools to crack into the top five offensive players right now in the league. I mean, Trey Young is going to be in the MVP conversation next year. Because yeah. of what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think sure. Donovan's looking, he's seeing like, okay, Trey Young, these guys, look at what they accomplished being the guy, the only guy on their team. Yeah. But putting up 45 a game just to get them into the conference finals. Mm-hmm. And I think he's looking at that going, if I'm healthy this past year, we could have made the championship. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be that guy. And now right. I'm going to add one part of their game to my game. 
and just get complete, you know? Well, I think you're right too. Uh, when you talk about the playoffs, that that's, that is a definitely a lens that people look at players through. And Donovan has had individual, I mean, playoffs set records. I mean, set records. He he's in he's in conversation with Michael Jordan and Kareem, and those th- those are the three in certain playoff statistics and categories. Right. The 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 problem, however, just not being able to advance out of the second round at some point. And it's not all on Donovan. It's not all on Rudy. But at some point, the Jazz have got to, oh yeah, have got to do that for these types of conversations to realistically happen. You and I can talk yeah. about it because we watch him night in and night out, and we know what he has. We know what he adds every year, and so it's easy for us to say, yeah, he could be. He's got the tools to be, or he should be in this conversation of you know, top seven, top five, whatever you want to put it at. But he won't get that re- that national recognition until he is making conference finals or yeah. finals appearance. Even Devin Booker, this was his first playoff appearance, period, in six years, seven years, something like that. Seven, yes. Yeah. And people will put him above Donovan just for because of that. Yep. Some people were doing that already. I mean, they are very comparable players, and you know, and that's fine, but going forward into this next this upcoming season it'll be without a doubt Devin Booker will be talked above above Donovan yep. Mitchell simply because he made a finals appearance yep which is hard to do like give the guy credit you and know? it's it's not fair you know if you're a jazz fan and you're hearing that of course it's not fair I mean you've got guys like Anthony Davis who are considered you know, maybe one of the top three best players in the league for mm-hmm. parts of his career still is mm-hmm. considered that by a lot. Mm-hmm. When he was in New Orleans and had made lost in the first round once in the first six, seven years of his career. Right. And instead you've got Donovan who's exceeded, you know, single-handedly in some cases propelled the team into the next round. And you still have articles being written like, are they enough? Do they have, is Donovan a superstar? We know he's a star, but is he a superstar? Is, you know, will the Jazz ever, you know, like, are they for real? All that kind of stuff. Like, it, it is what it is. And, yeah, it's not fair that guys like Rudy and Donovan have to deal with that because you're in Utah. But until you actually shut people up and make it to the conference finals, make it to the finals, it's just yeah, what it is. Well, and you you even see people doing that to Damian Lillard at this point. I mean, yeah. we all know what Dame can do. Yeah, you know, but the the it the national conversations start starting to turn sour on him, even though we know what he can do. Right, but it's just because of there's been a lack of playoff. Um, success. I mean, he he. I think he's made conference fine. He's made yeah, conference made a couple conference times, right? Once last, or twice. Uh, last year when he hit that, uh, or two years ago maybe, when he hit that um, just like the absolute quintessence of a Dame Lillard shot over Paul. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and just daggered him. Yeah. But like, you know, the conversation I think nationally for these types of players is always going to be that until they're 
making conference finals consistently or it's you know and it's tough because we we've got LeBron and Steph who have been in the finals for outside of last year like what seven straight seasons something like that LeBron was yeah. like 14 years straight or something like that in yeah, some sort of like conference finals or finals appearance I mean, I I don't know if that's right off the top of my head, but some some crazy. It was like ten for ten or nine so for ten or yeah. I think nationally we start to we start to devalue other great players just because we haven't seen them do what freaking LeBron James has done. It's like well, right. LeBron and Steph are the only two dudes have you know, Kevin Durant hasn't even done that except right. for when he goes and joins the super team, which right. you know, but. Uh, you know, I, I guess all that to say, I, I hope Donovan gets his uh, recognition that he deserves because he pu- he does put the work in. Yep. And he's not a terrible person. He's an he's actually a, an awesome person. He's constantly stuff for the community. I remember you that know. year he showed up to some random dude's barbecue. Yeah. On the 4th of July. Yeah. I got nothing to do. Hit me up with your address and maybe I'll pop by, you know? Yeah. And, and so there's guys that deserve respect, deserve the accolades, deserve the talk. And then there's guys who get it that don't deserve it. Right. And that's, that's the Ben going back to the Ben Simmons thing, you know, it's, and so I don't know, man, NBA is a wild place. I'm getting, I'm getting fed up with it. No. <laughs> you gonna be able to watch this next season? Well, I mean, I'll. Uh, are you asking? Do I want to watch it, or will I actually be able to? Because <laughs> I got yeah. rid of my, I got rid of my TV, man. It was too expensive, and and they just re-upped another year with AT and T. So that's a little bit more than I want to deal with again. I might be going back to radio this season. Which, you know, David Locke, he's our David guy. Locke, he's a good radio guy. That. Good radio guy. Well, we have certainly wandered to and fro throughout this multiverse. Mm-hmm. You probably learned way more about us in this pod than maybe you ever wanted to. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. <laughs> Well, uh, if you, uh, you know, please subscribe, leave us a review, hit us up on Twitter. Yes, we do still exist on Twitter. Uh, Carter does every once in a while check the account and sometimes even post. So let us know what you think. Harass Tom Jones. Tell him to get his button gear and get back on the pod. Or if you like it, just MC and I, then harass him just for not being here. Um, and tell him to stay away. Uh, but uh, wherever he is, we wish him well. And uh, until next time, keep chucking.